One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. My name's Cliff and I can see Brett. How are you? I'm fine, yes. You, you did that introduction in the style of the elephant man there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Everybody's been very kind. <laughs> um, I've eaten Haribo. Sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I like this. It's apt for the film that we're going to do. Talking about that, actually, um, every time I listen back to the, the podcasts, uh-huh. I think I've got a quality of Liza Minnelli about my voice. <laughs> what do you think? Have you? Have a listen. I'm not sure. I'll, have a I'll listen. Have to, yeah, I'll, I'll listen back. See, I think nice. I've got like an old Liza Minnelli voice when I talk. Uh, or maybe <laughs> Carrie Fisher. I think it's something like a bit slurry, I think is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the drugs have ended you. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, all, all on their way. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, yeah. um, welcome back listeners and hello to any new ones. Um, this is Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus where we talk about any old shite really that we've been up to. Um, a lot of it's nostalgic. We like to talk about stuff that we've got up to in our youth and things that we used to watch and listen yep. to and stuff like that when we were younger. Um, mm-hmm. And films and TV shows normally is meant to be the main point of it. Sometimes it takes a while to get there, like, but uh, that's that's meant to be the idea. Um, yeah. Some suggestions that people send in, or people that we chat to on Twitter and stuff like that, and uh, and sometimes just me and you want each other to watch something that maybe we haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do anyway. I think we're getting there. We? Yeah, I think so. I think our listeners are of are, are in double figures now. So Ooh. that's good. <laughs> and uh, that leads us on to something I wanted to mention, actually. Um, Go on, then. Because you look after the, the Twitter side of things mm-hmm. every now and then. I step in if I think you've gone too far or something. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're responsible for who we follow and interacting with people and stuff like that. And, and you do a great job. Uh, so give yourself a pat on the back for that. But I will do. We have... It would seem to have become like a place for the disenfranchised. <laughs> like <laughs> that's right. not to, that's not to knock anyone who follows us because it's great, uh-huh. and some of the chats we have with people are, are excellent. But um, uh-huh. there's like a a thread of you know of horror fans and maybe people who uh, are into the like kind of more culty side of stuff rather than the mainstream, which is what mm-hmm. we're all about. So that's great, yeah. and also Sunderland fans, so that fits in yeah. as well, doesn't it? <laughs> It's a good mix, isn't it? <laughs> no, what we can all agree on, 
life's bitter disappointments. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly can. We've, uh, we've been dealt many a blow over these past couple of years. So, yes. <laughs> but one of the things I wanted to mention was, obviously, I get a little notification when we get new followers and stuff. And uh-huh. uh, I've got one that I wanted to, to basically pick your brains on. I'm Go sure on, I saw somebody called Horror Sluts the other day. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think I've seen that once or twice, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember what it's called, actually. Yeah, it's someone like something that. Something like that, isn't it? Or like Ghost yeah. Sluts or something. Yeah, someone like that. It, it's, worth, it's well worth looking into, I think. Well, I have to say today I've been through um, all the people that we follow and I've, I've unfollowed some of the more unsavory accounts. <laughs> There's quite a lot of um, proud right wing kind of people in, in their Was bios it? and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I pre- pre- the, Got rid of they don't listen to us because we wouldn't have much in common. But the, the, a good thing that, that did happen this week, Cliff, is that me and you were invited to join... The, the secretive group, the Illuminati, <laughs> by one of our okay. followers. So that was nice. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I meant to be, yeah, well, I, I immediately accepted. <laughs> I mean, they're meant to be secretive, aren't they? But they'll just, well, it was. But you join on Twitter. It was a DM. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It wasn't just a regular tweet, was it? So, you know. <laughs> you know it was funny. It, I mean, it, it says, uh, well, me and you have untapped potential. And um, I mean, hell, which... think that will be right for the Illuminati group, which I, I agree with completely. Teachers I mean, obviously, and coaches were saying that when we were teachers and coaches were saying that <laughs> when we were teenagers. We're 40 <laughs> now, I think the untapped <laughs> potentials like, <laughs> it's been a rare vintage at this point. It is, but uh, yeah, so I've, I've put my names forward. When's I don't the first? Know if I don't know, I've got no idea. I don't know. There mustn't do you think we're vetted in some way? Do we have well, I mean. I think that's how it happened. You you have to be invited into these kind of things, don't you? So, uh huh. Yeah, it's, it's weird. So, yeah, I think that, Harry so that's one of the things that happened. We seem very. You know, I think Harry Bo's were. I think eating on this thing uh, makes you sound like the Elephant Man anyway, and you should stop doing it. I've always been interested in the story, um, and I love the Elephant Man film, which which is up for what we're, we're talking about, as I said before. Yes. So, so uh, yeah. What are we talking about? We're talking about what your mate uh, asked what to watch this, didn't he? Yeah, Mark Dinning, um, former Empire editor, so knows mm-hmm. his stuff about films. Um, mm-hmm. However, a bit like me, I mean, I did, I'm a film student, did a film degree, but fuck me, I must be like the worst film student in the world. I haven't seen any of the classics, and well, not I've seen uh-huh. some, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a very studious guy when uh-huh. it comes to films what i did find when i was when i was studying you can't watch a film and enjoy it because you're always looking for like symbolism and what this means yeah. and what that means and stuff like that and where things uh-huh. are um i still do that to a degree but um and especially with a film like this uh yeah. it's, it's kind of all about that isn't it mulholland drive um mm-hmm. so yeah so mark uh also i think he's a Absolute genius when it comes to what he does, uh, magazines and writing, being a, a film journalist. Um, but I think he used to piss off some of the Empire readers who are a bit, you know, geeky, let's say, but very, you know, they're into their films, like they're, they're really yeah. into them. And Mark uh-huh. loves big blockbusters and stuff like that. So it went from uh-huh. David Lynch films getting five stars to uh-huh. like Pearl Harbor getting five stars when he was in charge. Probably not that uh-huh. one, but. 
a good example. I doubt, of that. I doubt he picked that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think he used to piss him off a bit. He'll let us know if I've got this totally wrong. Um, most of our conversations have been over several beers. So, you know, we're, uh, it might be that I've misremembered uh-huh. that. Uh, but yeah, so I, he asked if we would do Twin Peaks. Um, mm-hmm. And I just thought Twin Peaks has been talking about so many times. And also, you can't really just watch one episode of Twin Peaks and nah, talk about it, I think. Um, you can't. So I suggested this because uh, I saw this when it came out in the cinema. And I mm-hmm. bought a VHS after that. Uh, again, right. I would this would have been just after me last year at uni. So I was uh-huh. probably a little bit more into deciphering films and shit like that then than I am now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't watched it for years and years and years. And uh, it's, a, it's a strange, strange watch, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, it definitely is. I mean, I've... Uh... Like I mean, I'm I'm not a film student or anything like that. I just I just enjoy films and I enjoy chatting them, you know, with me friends and me family and stuff like that, which is you know what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. But I've watched The Elephant Man is one of my favorite films, just David Lynch film as well. Mm-hmm. I just think that's amazing. But I've watched Twin Peaks uh-huh. and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I've got no idea. Now this one. Mulholland Drive, while I was watching it, I thought I had a grasp on what it was about, right? Mm-hmm. I had an idea as yeah. to what it was about. And then I sort of did a bit of reading up on it afterwards, and I was partly right, but mm-hmm. I missed the whole kind of dream sequence part well, of it. I, I think it depends how much you pay attention to that middle bit. Essentially, Pretty much every there's a big lesbian sex scene in the middle of it, and pretty much uh-huh. everything changes from that point. Um, well, it changes from the box, right? Yes, it's yeah, almost it like Pandora's after. box, isn't yeah. it? Which I presume um, becoming a lesbian is also like possibly, yeah. Well, do, well, do well you let's think? let's ask one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. It could like be. It could be. They've, they've uh-huh. unlocked a different part of each other's uh, yeah. psyche and stuff at that point, well, and then not long right. after they they physically unlock a box and everything changes. Yeah. So, I mean, have you obviously you've you've, you've watched it before? This is the first time that I've watched this particular film, and I, I mean, David Lynch's films. Always, they always sort of create, create like an atmosphere, don't they? Of, of kind of dread. That's what yeah. I get when I'm watching it. Uh, it's yeah. always like uneasy, isn't it? Yeah. And this a, is the same throughout. Do you think it's uneasy? I think it's uneasy for a lot of reasons, these films. Yeah. He deliberately tries to confound you with twists and turns in the story, which mm-hmm. may or may not have any relevance. They may or may not make any sense or have a resolution mm-hmm. at the end of them. But also... Yeah the way he films things, his use of yeah. music, his uh-huh. use of sound effects and soundtrack, um, yeah. the way the shots are, like mm-hmm. everything that he puts into a film, I think is is there to challenge you. And I'm not yeah. one that really falls for all of that shit normally. Like, uh-huh. well, a great art has to be hard work or whatever. Like, uh-huh. No, I, do, I would want to enjoy something mostly. Yeah. If if there's something that you have to put a bit of effort in to get your rewards out of, then of course that always feels a bit more satisfying when you when something finally clicks. Um, yeah. You know, like art, like a magic eye picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I suppose this is like a magic eye picture, isn't it? Because 
you, you've got to go away after after watching it, and you've got you've got to think about it. Yeah, um, and it's it's almost like a puzzle, isn't it? That's what the Fulham. Yeah, and it's it, like, and, it's, and I also like a, think a strange puzzle. It is a puzzle, and the characters are trying to work out a puzzle in it. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Then by the second half of the film, you're trying to work out what that puzzle What's is. What's going on? Yeah. Um, I. It's one of the films for me that um, in the first the first half makes makes pretty much sense. Yes, there's a few but... elements of it. There's some scenes in there that you think. I don't know why uh-huh. that's in. If that wasn't in, I wouldn't know what was. It doesn't seem to yeah. bear any relevance to the main storyline. Then uh-huh. halfway through, it changes. The first half makes pretty much narrative linear sense, and you're watching it, and you and I'm thinking, is David Lynch trying to make a really shit film here? Because it feels <laughs> like it's a yeah. bit crap on purpose. Uh-huh. And then. Like you say, there's a there's a bit where this box comes into play and it changes, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it feels a bit more like an actual proper auteur filmmaker's film where things mm-hmm. are being done on purpose and it looks like yeah. it's been done with a purpose, and you've suddenly got to think about it a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that first half is very dreamlike in the way it's shot yeah. and the way it looks, and the way that that the main actress Naomi Watts behaves. Yes, she's like. She's overly enthusiastic yeah. about everything, isn't yeah. she? And, and I did actually try and watch this a couple of weeks ago, and, and I switched it off. Now, the reason I switched it off was because, you know, she, Naomi Watts was that over-enthusiastic, mm. and I thought, well, I can't be bothered with yeah, this. Yeah. But th- that is a massive part of it, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. the, the first part of the film is uh, it's supposed to be a dream sequence or the, the first four fifths of the film. Yeah, probably. It's supposed yeah. To be, yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to be a, a dream sequence until open this box. I mean, the, the, the plot basically is a, a, it starts with a woman in a car who has an accident mm-hmm. um, and then she, she sort of makes her way dazed to this sort of this apartment where this aspiring actress turns up and meets her. Yeah. Um, and the, the actress is Naomi Watts. And what Naomi Watts tries to do is is uh, to find out who this woman is because she she has amnesia from mm-hmm. the car accident. So the first sort of four fifths of the film is those two girls basically trying to find out the identity of the girl that's had the accident. That, yeah. That's the the first. But lots of strange things sort of happen. Yeah, characters kind of pop up from nowhere. I mean, there's there's a hitman in there sort of midway through mm-hmm. who who steals uh or he, he kills people and he bungle and he he kills people he doesn't do a very good job yeah. of it shoots a woman through the the wall which i thought was quite funny yeah that's that funny. was a good bit <laughs> <laughs> but he, he he steals this sort of uh a book a black book um and you don't really know why he's doing it mm-hmm. you know it's never explained why he's mm-hmm. doing that at all um, there's a film director, which I think is, is, is Justin Thrill. It is, yeah. And I uh-huh. guess it would have been one of his earliest roles, I would imagine. Yeah. Like he's very young in it. Um, uh-huh. that, so, I, I think he's the most normal character in it, but he's also the worst for me. I think his bits yeah. are the worst bits. It's integral to what happens, but I think... I think he's... The, th- the thing that I got from it, I think he's David Lynch, isn't he? I think so. He's, well, that, he's battling yeah. against the the studio yeah. and all uh-huh. that kind of stuff. So yeah, he's he's 
sort of having an issue with these sort of mafia guys who are who want him to, to sort of put this accent into the film that he's making, uh, and he refuses, so they shut mm. everything down. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's what I got from the film. I was watching the film, you know, from the first half or the first four fifths, and I, I thought, well, it's about Hollywood. This film, like the, the yeah. pitfalls of of yeah. Hollywood. That's what I got from it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get the the dream sequence. <laughs> I think no, I think bit. that's I think that's fine. I I I agree with that. I think that is what it's mm-hmm. about. Um, yeah. I th- it's about the 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 fake facade of Hollywood. What yeah. people, what the lengths people will go to to make it, the uh-huh. the version of themselves that they'll portray in order to be liked and to get ahead. Uh-huh. Um, and then it showed you from the film director's point of view where where people are trying to you know put that influence on his work as a director mm-hmm. or whatever by you know put this person in your film or whatever. And I mm-hmm. thought that's where like the David Lynch sort of thing yeah. came from. That. That's why I thought he was David Lynch. That's what I think. That's fine. I think it's fine to think yeah. that. So this came out in two thousand and one. Um, it was actually came out of a TV pilot that he made. Um, yeah. So he originally intended this to be another series, like following on from Twin Peaks. That's um, right. Yeah. He made it in nineteen ninety nine, but it got rejected by the studio. But mm-hmm. apparently, this pilot was like an hour and a half long. Um, yeah. So the first, pretty much all of the beginning of it, I'm led to believe, open mm-hmm. before the box bit, was filmed mm-hmm. as the, this pilot for a TV show. Um, yeah. It got rejected and he decided to make it into a film and he finished that bit off. I think that kind of, uh, he finished the, st- the storyline off one of the storylines that had been presented in that first section um, mm-hmm. and presented it as a film. And I think the thing with David Lynch is you can watch it and go, well, hang on, what was that bit about? What was that bit about? And yeah. you can just go, well, David Lynch filming it. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think if I was it was reading... a series, it would probably, some of those things probably would have yeah. been like... They might have gone somewhere. Yeah, but in this, they're just uh-huh. in. And you're like, yeah. okay, uh, <laughs> that's a bit weird. Um, I was I think reading that's... something about uh, David Lynch as well. And he, he doesn't, so he'll hate us, but he doesn't, like people talking about his films he just wants yeah. them to sit and watch and what, yeah. whatever they get from it is is what they get from it yeah, I, he doesn't want I, a group of people to sort of agree or disagree on what it's about he wants yeah. each individual person to sort of have their yeah, own take I agree. On it. and i think like with most art that's what it's about right like a, a song mm-hmm. that you listen to could mean it one thing to you and one thing to me um, yeah we could both look at a paint and and think one thing and that would be different mm-hmm. to each other. Yeah. Books are a bit different, I think. Uh, but uh-huh. like with, with most films, it's a very narr- linear narrative structure. You've got people yeah. like Tarantino who fuck with that a bit, mixing it yeah. up. Mm-hmm. To me, this is David Lynch like taking the piss out of that. I think he's taking the piss out of people who want to read into his work. Uh, yeah. I think it's a commentary on Hollywood. Uh-huh. And I think it's also a piss take of the people that he knows will start discussions like we're having now about what <laughs> yeah. the fuck it means. I genuinely uh-huh. do, and much in the way that Bob Dylan has always said that with his words. Like yeah. when people start, what does that song mean? He'll always mm-hmm. just say something totally random, make it up. Yeah. Or uh-huh. say, well, it's up to you, like whatever. 
and and when he yeah. performs songs, he changes lines, he changes the perspective from mm-hmm. one from the first person to the third person and stuff like that. And I think yeah. this is David Lynch doing pretty much the same thing. Yeah, and, and when people were asking him, going, "So the dream, it's a dream, right?" And I think uh-huh. he said he just went. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just, well, he just refuses to talk about the, the plot or the film at all, doesn't he? I think so, on the DVD, he left like 10 clues to decide for, yeah, but for they could what be it was about. Yeah, exactly. So he could he could just be, you know, fucking with people, and he probably yeah, I, is. I think he probably is. Um, and I think that's fine. I actually mm-hmm. think... I think it is. I think you watching 20 minutes of it the other week, come away from it thinking, what a pile of shit. I can only imagine after watching two hours of it, actually uh-huh. you thought that's a good fil- that's a good piece of work. Well, I, I, even- I did, I did. It, it it was it wasn't a rewarding experience being confused for you know two hours. Do you know what I mean? That's <laughs> the only thing. Yeah. The reward from having watched it then comes when when it's finished, and then you start thinking about it, yeah. and then you start you know reading about it, and you know reading other people's interpretations. Interpretations of it and stuff like that, and that's when it it sort of turns into this puzzle. When you're actually watching it, especially for the first time, I mean, if if you watch it a couple of times, it'll be a different film every yeah, time you watch absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah, I agree, I agree. But the first time is it's a bit frustrating when you mm-hmm. you first watch it, especially not knowing anything about it, which is probably the best way to do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a little bit frustrating because you've got absolutely no idea where it's going. Yeah. At all. Do you know what I mean? It's confusing. Yeah. Um, that, like I say, I, I got the Hollywood sort of thing from it, but that, that was it. So when all these different things are happening, it is confusing, but it's rewarding afterwards trying to decipher mm-hmm. it, even though David Lynch doesn't want you to do that. But, you yeah, know, but that, I that mean, is... I'm sure he's quite happy sitting. Going, <laughs> hey, everybody is, who's right? watched this will be going what the fuck was that about and they'll be googling <laughs> and they'll be reading uh-huh. stuff and he'll be quite uh-huh. happy that people are doing that because he, as much he will, as he yeah. doesn't as he's saying just take it take it as you find it mm-hmm. obviously the fact that people want to look into it that's got to be rewarding for otherwise you would just make normal films wouldn't he <laughs> course he would yeah so i mean he's almost a bit like the film isn't he he's a a bit of a puzzle box himself isn't he yeah he is and you know he's a musician he's an actor he's uh-huh. you know he's a director he's um but I, I i genuinely i was watching the first half the other day with jane my wife was coming in and out a bit and she was like what the fuck's this this looks terrible and uh-huh. I was like, it's this David Lynch film. I haven't watched it for years. She was like, oh, I, I'll, I'll leave you to it. Yeah. Um, and then I was thinking, you know what? I can see why she thinks it's shit. And then I yeah, watched yeah. all of it. I was like, no, you know what? It is good, but it's one of those films, uh-huh. like you say, it gets good when you start thinking about it, not necessarily uh-huh. when you're watching it. And uh-huh. and I think with that, it, and another thing you don't, I think you don't realize it is when you're watching it is a psychological thriller, which it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because of the way it looks at first, but not how mm-hmm. it looks at the end. Um, it's like a Roman Polanski film when he was good, and you are, mm-hmm. you know, when he was doing Rosemary's <laughs> Baby and, and yeah. uh, you know, the sixties and seventies things. Um, and I think it's like that, or the, you know, the Machinist or something like that. A very poor imitation of a Polanski film, I think, or Hitchcock. Uh-huh. I like the machinist personally. I, I like it, but I think it's obviously a homage to that kind of oh, yeah. film. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and it has the same kind of eerie 
sense yeah. of purveying dread in it as you it does. starts to unravel and stuff. And I think uh-huh. like this is a bit like that. Like you you don't realise it at first because so it's about like you've said, Rita is in a car yeah. crash. Um, but before the, she's in the car crash, the people in the car are trying to kill her. They turn around and the, 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 the point of gun at her. She runs out of the car and there's a massive crash. She there's survives. a crash first. There's a crash first and then, and then she, she gets out. She yeah. comes out. Yeah, and then um, she gets out. Yeah. The, she ends up surviving and wandering around. It's, it's on Mulholland Drive. This, yeah. Which is a massively famous part of Hollywood folklore. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's parts of this film that just so pay so much homage to classic Hollywood films like mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard. I'm sure yeah. it's not. I'm sure it's not a coincidence that that's named after a famous mm-hmm. Hollywood road. This is named after a famous Hollywood street. Yeah. Like the fact that there's these old actors in it from the 1940s uh-huh. and 50s. Um, yeah. Particularly Ann Miller, like she's great in it. Um, who's <laughs> like this kind of cookie old neighbor? Um, yeah, this is yeah. her last she looks ever after film. The apartment, yeah, box, doesn't she? Yeah. Now? So she, mm-hmm. th- this is her last ever film. I mean, she's in stuff like On the Town and Kiss Me Kate and stuff like that. Like these big Hollywood MGM musicals from the forties and fifties. You know, like Lynch uh-huh. is a clever guy. It's not an accident oh, that she's a, none of it's an accident. It's I mean, not it, an accident. It's not- that Naomi Watts' aspiring actress, uh, Betty, uh-huh. looks exactly like Hitchcock, Hitchcock uh, Ingenuise, or however you pronounce that word, you know, mm-hmm. Tippi Hedren and that kind of stuff in, yeah. uh, in Hitchcock films. It's not an mm-hmm. accident that Rita is a femme fatale, dark hair, sultry, voluptuous, you know, this is, he's paying homage to all of these classic Hollywood yeah. tropes, and then he's mm-hmm. fucking with them. Or... Yeah. He's got. A, he's invented a dream sequence by about an aspiring actress who uh-huh. wants this to be reality. She, she wants to be yeah. an actress so much. She wants it to be like those days where uh-huh. it, it's all soft focus and colourful, and uh-huh. you know it's all. She auditions for a role, and yeah. it, they're and all can't believe how she, good she, she is. She nails it, and she's. <laughs> Yeah, and she's starry-eyed and everything else. You know, when she turns up, she's just in awe of the place. But and then the reality- fact that that's not reality <laughs> and that, that is just a dream, that's what he's saying, isn't it? And the, yeah, so and that, 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 that kind of Hollywood life isn't reality. It's a dream. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a, a pipe dream for actresses yeah. like her. And then when it flips uh-huh. back to the end of the film and you see the reality and it all circles back to the beginning and you start uh-huh. thinking about, okay, so... She's actually the woman that she went to look for for a clue to who Rita really is. That's actually her. And Mm -hmm. she's the struggling actress. And Rita, who can't remember who she really is, is actually a girlfriend from then. Who's the famous actress. The famous actress. And she's the one who's being forced to be in the director's film by the mob. And Uh she's brushing her off. So she takes a hit out on her. Mm-hmm. The hit that I presume is the hit at the beginning of the film and she gets away from and then can't yep. remember who she is. Mm-hmm. Betty, Diane in real life, doesn't realize that that's not been a successful hit and can't live with the uh-huh. guilt and kills herself. That's, that's right, yeah. And that's really 
the full circle of the film in my understanding uh-huh. of it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, fuck knows. That makes more <laughs> sense to me than any other explanation of it. Um, yeah. Uh, were you scared at any point of it? Because I'm frequently in a David, little, in a, Pixar's a stuff, little bit. I get scared yeah. sometimes in these films. Well, it's it's because of the atmosphere, like I mentioned at the start. So it it it, it creates that unease. I mean, the, there's a bit at the start where there's there's two people. In a, in a diner, which is quite important in the film as well. Yeah. And they're talking about a dream that they Pretty have. So it's the first mention. <laughs> it's the first mention of the dream. Yeah. And he, he's, he's explaining to this other guy about his dream, and they, they go outside and they try to relive the dream. <laughs> and then the, this kind of demon tramp comes around <laughs> the horrible, corner. It? it is. And he, 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 he's like terrified, the, the fella. It's horrible. So, yes, it is. It, it, it's, but it's the atmosphere that. that, that Creates and the bit in the club, you know, the scary bits, club silencio. Yeah. That's really uneasy atmosphere in there. Um, it is where they go, and that's where the Pandora's box kind of the yeah, key to the box Pandora's is discovered box, yeah. when they go to Club Silencio. Uh-huh. And there's this performance of a singer um, mm-hmm. who collapses mid song, and it turns out she's um, she's miming and she's miming yeah. to a, a, a Spanish language version. Of crying by crying, Roy yeah. Orbison, um, uh-huh. and that was a real recording. Actually, David Lynch um, apparently walked into a recording studio, and that woman who plays the singer in the film was recording mm-hmm. that. Um, Isn't she in Twin Peaks as well? I, I think, think she is. So I think so. I think she. I think she is in Twin Peaks as well. I think he uses her quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's um, another thing with David Lynch films is recurring characters. Certainly ones who look quite striking. Yeah. Not characters, actors. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the dwarf guy, isn't he, in, uh, in Twin, Twin Peaks as well? He's in yeah. this film. But they give yeah. him, he's in a wheelchair and they give him long legs just so um, he looks like he's got legs and arms, so he just looks head. like he's got a tiny head. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. It's just so weird. It, it is. It is mental. I mean, but it is rewarding afterwards. I mean, like I've said, it's it's not necessarily rewarding while you're watching it. But it, if you're a Fulham watcher and you like Fulhams and you just want to watch the same thing over and over and over again, then you won't like this. But if you want to have a different experience mm. as to watching a Fulham, this is certainly one to watch. It's just I think, unique, I think, isn't it? It is, it is. Nothing else that I've ever seen like it. It's unique. What, do you like any other David Lynch films? Well, I like The Elephant Man, as I've oh, mentioned. Other than The Elephant um, Man. Um, I, I haven't uh, actually... I, I've watched Twin Peaks, um, and I've watched this. I, I don't think I've... And I've watched Dune. Um, I've never seen Dune, actually. I haven't watched any other ones. No? It's been a long time since I've actually watched it, so I'll have to revisit it. Okay. Again, have a, a watch of it again. I think, the but I haven't watched any of the out. other ones. New yeah, it is uh-huh. coming out. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. It's Denny Villeneuve, isn't it, from Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Uh huh. Yeah, and I quite like that. Yeah, the I new Blade Runner as well. I haven't seen it. I only. This is what I mean about being a crap film student. I only watched <laughs> the proper Blade Runner about like Christmas. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Blade Runner, especially we talked about Ridley Scott before, and, and yeah. Ridley Scott's uh, based Blade Runner on. Partly on South Shields, all the yeah. rain and everything. The rain was South Shields and the, um, all the chimneys and stuff. It's all red car, isn't it? Uh, the uh-huh. steelworks and stuff. Uh-huh. It's it. crazy. It's just insane. But yeah, I mean, I love Blade Runner and stuff. And another film where, where I remember watching, I mean, I, I watched these films when I was very, very young. 
and I think I saw Blade Runner when I was maybe 11 or 12 and it just baffled us just you know but once I saw it again I sort of understood a little bit more yeah Similar I think in, when in I this. watched it I think when I watched Blade Runner when I was a kid I was like I don't really get it it's a bit boring mm-hmm. like nobody says very much um, but I haven't watched it now yeah properly when I say I'd never seen it before I'd seen like you know it's on ITV late at night and you watch it but you're half yeah. asleep or you don't you miss yeah. a bit of it so I had seen it in bits mm-hmm. but not properly so um, mm-hmm. it was good to watch it again and yeah I agree but getting back to David Lynch you haven't seen Blue mm-hmm. Velvet I haven't no I'm, I'm going to watch all of them um, I'm going to watch all I of these films I think Blue Velvet is fantastic Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about an, an uneasy atmosphere. That has it. It also has another use of a Roy Orbison song, In Dreams, um, uh-huh. which was mined by Dean Stockwell, uh, having talked about <laughs> him from Quantum Leap. Um, yeah. He mimes it in that. Um, that film is fantastic. I went to see that at uh, the cinema where I used to work. It had a re-release in the late, probably around the time this came out. It might have been linked like here as one of his other classics. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think there was about 10 people in the cinema when it started and there was me and me, me mate by the time it ended, probably after about <laughs> 25 minutes actually. <laughs> uh-huh. So again, it'll split opinion much like this will. Um, uh-huh. I think Roy Orbison lived on Mulholland Drive. I think, I think so, yeah. Um, right. So that might mean something for this film. I mean, or just another little nod to yeah. if you're in the know or whatever. I think he did. Mm-hmm. Um but other David Lynch films, Wild at Heart, is, is yeah. kind of maybe his most normal one. Um, mm-hmm. Lost Highway. Very strange. That's very strange. Mm-hmm. That's like this. But you know how you said you kind of understood what was going on for the first half of it. You yeah, you don't understand. Is that where people switch bodies and stuff? Yeah, and I think there's an element of that in here, right? Because yeah. those two ladies, there's a lot of mirrors there's a lot of watching each other. At one uh-huh. point, she puts a wig on and starts looking like a... Um, yeah. It, it, when that happens, there's some camera shots where they both kind of merge together. Then they have yeah. sex after that, so they're kind of coming together in that way. Um, mm-hmm. If they do, good on them. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> then, you know, there's the bit where it all goes back to reality and now the roles are reversed and they're different people Uh but they're playing the same people but different people and Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of that like identity and mirroring of people and trying to become people that you admire and all of that kind of stuff in these films certainly in this one even when they do open the the blue box and they are sort of in reality it's still weird isn't it because the, the, the sort of the shot sort of switch and she can be in a certain place and then she can be yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, so it's yeah. almost like she's sort of uh, that is partly a fantasy as well at yeah. certain times. Yeah, no, so it's I, just I, a, it's strange. I don't think I think it's a fantasy. I think so. Basically, what happens is Betty Perky, lovely, got stars in her eyes, up and coming actress Betty is actually Diane who they go and try and find at the beginning of the film and the first half uh-huh. of the film and she's dead. Um, she's actually yes. Diane and mm-hmm. it turns out she's the she's other, in love. She, the other lady is Camilla who is the person that the director has been forced to put in this film and that uh-huh. lady ends up with him and uh-huh. binning off uh, yeah. Diane 
and Diane's life just spirals out of control. And I think the yeah. confusing shots are more to do with her state of mind rather than it being yeah. a dream. I think at uh-huh. the beginning, no, no, that, shots I, are I all, agree with that. I agree with that. I don't, because, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think the second bit's a dream. Uh, the second bit's not a dream at all. What we're saying is that even in the, the reality, it's still surreal, isn't it? Yes, it's still it's surreal, not. for sure. Yeah. And I think uh-huh. that's Lynch, certainly. The, it's gone from being all day glow. And I think the yeah. first bit, it's filmed, it's a film noir, in, a, in essence, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. obviously back in the old days are black and white and loads of shadows and rain yeah. and all of that stuff. So it's a film mm-hmm. noir concept but it's mm-hmm. filmed like a tv soap like days of our lives or something like that uh-huh. all kind of lurid colors and very soft focus and glowy it's, and it's everything sunny. isn't it yeah, so it's the, the subject matter and how it looks doesn't match up then you get to the end yeah. and the look and feel of the film totally changes especially mm-hmm. when you've got diane in on the screen which essentially mm-hmm. that last bit of the film is all from her increasingly mad perspective as she spirals out yeah. of control and loses her and guilt. reality and the guilt yeah. takes over and mm-hmm. it goes to from being all sunny to really gritty and kind of washed out and she's yeah. gone from being you know bouncy hair and uh-huh. you know wearing like nice outfits and stuff and she looks yeah. bony and frail mm-hmm. and on edge rough <laughs> yeah. yeah rough and uh, mm-hmm. yeah so I think it's a brilliant juxtaposition from Lynch to go from one thing to the other. It's really uh-huh. confounding, like you say, when you first watch it. I'm talking about the, the hindsight of having watched it a few times in the past and now watching it, and it's kind of coming back to us as I watched it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I, 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 I thought it's a, a frustrating and... It's a frustrating joy. Yeah, it's a sometimes much it's like her, much like her wank on the city. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly like that. Uh-huh. Um, it's which is obviously wildly at odds with the amazing sex scene they have in the, mm-hmm. in, the in the first half of the film. I just yeah. think you can't just watch a bit of it. You can't give no. up on it. You've got to watch yeah. it and then actually put a bit of work in after you've watched it to think uh-huh. actually what was this all about. And that's you not do. for everyone. And no, no, it's yeah. not. I mean, I mean, the first time I, I had it on, I had a stinking hangover. Do you know what I mean? And I've seen Lynch. Yeah, well, I've seen Twin Peaks in the past. I know you do have to sit and watch it. You, you have to, you know, sort of analyze it in a way mm-hmm. whilst you're watching it. I try to do that, and I just couldn't be bothered, and I, I switched it off. But yeah. I'm glad that your mate got me to watch it. Because I might never have gone back to it, you know. Yeah, I think I it's a good thing to watch. In fact, it was nominated for he was nominated for best director at that year's Oscars, and he mm-hmm. won uh, best director at that year's Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. So yeah. it was. It's classed as basically his greatest film, I think, um, mm-hmm. and it's classed as one of the great films of this century. Um, it is. It's not for everyone. By a lot of people. I mean, a lot of the critics, isn't it? I mean, but then again, it, it, it it's a similar thing. It, it's sort of different opinions. Critics have different uh, opinions on it. Some people mm-hmm. love it. Some people hate it. Yeah, and some people and, think and it's people about one thing, And some people think some it's about pe- another. I just and think... David, that's what David Lynch probably wants. He's probably sitting there rubbing his hands, going, yeah. "Well, that's, I've done my job." I'm not. Because that's all saying... Don't don't. Why are you trying to think about it? Like just yeah. watch it. I like we're saying it's not it. a film you can just watch and enjoy. You've got to think about uh-huh. it. He's going. Uh-huh. What you're talking about? Don't think about it. Just watch it. <laughs> like. 
Um, yeah. Justin Theroux's it's... a bit odd, like his character, he's a bit screwball, like a bit screwball comedy with him when he goes yeah. to his house and his wife's having it off with the pool guy. And in mm-hmm. uh, the end, he pours paint. He pours paint on a jewelry, and then they end up wrestling, <laughs> and there's paint all over his uh-huh. suit and shit like that. Um, and he just keeps that suit on throughout the film, doesn't he? Or throughout <laughs> yeah. the first start, he just he's he's always got this suit on with paint all over it. And I, I, I especially noticed that when he, he went to meet the cowboy. What do you think about the the cowboy with no eyebrows? I think um, I think that is a piss take of the cowboy and the Big Lebowski. <laughs> I genuinely do. I genuinely do, do. And also, he shared the best director. Can award with Joel Cohen for, oh, for the he? man who wasn't there. I think I I, right. I think that was him, you know, because the cowboy in the Big Lebowski at the bar espousing all the yeah. wisdom. I just yes. think this was a, a surreal piss take of that, where there's a guy turning up and giving this director advice. Well, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, who the fuck is he? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just some random, isn't he? That was at the party, I think, on the the second half of the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, he was there, wasn't he? Um... He just walks past, isn't he? <laughs> but the the other thing from watching David Lynch is uh, from Twin Peaks and this. Whenever there's like a flashing light, it's either it means that there's either danger, there's going to be some kind of change. Because yeah. in Twin Peaks, there's always flashing lights. I think there's a lot of symbolism. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a lot of symbolism like that. I think Lynch says, "Look at like red lampshades and stuff like that mm-hmm. in this um, boxes, mirrors." When lots of people are sleeping or on beds, dead, awake, sleeping, yep. having sex, like there's a lot of uh, you know bed action. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of stuff. Bed Olympics, I call it, Cliff. <laughs> Sure, there was a Commodore 64 game called Bedroom Olympics. Yeah, you just had to bash it really quickly, didn't you? <laughs> well, that's just what you do, Cliff. That's my technique. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, like, I just think this is a really clever director trying to confound people, but also trying to make an excellent film that'll get people talking. And then at the end of uh-huh. it, going, I don't know why you think it's so complicated. It's all well, there in front of you. It's it's either really clever or it's complete madness, isn't it? And either way, I like both. What else is going on then? Any quizzes or anything this week? Yeah, I, I do have one, but are people getting sick of the rude quizzes, are there? I don't know. I've what do you think? Not. Well, if it's crap, you can cut it out anyway, can't you? Before I do that, though, Cliff, who do you think the funniest person in the world is? Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to tell you, it's that guy who does the voices of Police Academy, isn't it? He's definitely the funniest person. Who, who do you think is the most annoying person? I don't know, tell us, tell us. Who it's Laura, Laura Coonsberg. <laughs> definitely <laughs> Laura Coonsberg, isn't it? Do you know, do you know that song? I have. Do you know that song, Cliff? Uh, you're so vain, you probably think this song's about you. Yeah. It's about you, that. <laughs> <laughs> do you know do you know that song eh? Chocolate Salty Balls Cliff yeah it's a good song isn't it yeah like. <laughs> it is <laughs> I bought a CD <laughs> this number one good hit <laughs> right how uh, are then <laughs> um, on uh, what was the thing you said you're so vain I listen to that song uh-huh. at least once a week I love it do you yeah you love it. I'll specifically put it on when I walk into a party. <laughs> <laughs> Just have it in my headphones. 
Do you? Just walk in like that? Yeah. It is a good song. Get the well, quiz going go. then. Right, it's rude places this time. You've got to give us a mark one out of ten, Cliff, as to whether you would live there or not. Okay. You can also try and guess where these places are if you'd like for a little bit of an extra bonus point. Okay. Not that we'll get points, do we? Twat. I hope they go- what, twat? What? Twat. Have you started? I've started, yes. Would I live in so, twat? Would you live in twat? Is I ten mean, most likely to? Yes, that's generally how these things work. Two. Don't like, don't like twat. You wouldn't live in twat? No, and I think it's probably in the Norfolk area. It's in the Shetland Islands. Okay. So, um, Fanny Hans Lane. Huh, I like that. Um, yeah. Nine, I think. Um, You'd live in Fanny Hans Lane? Yeah, and I presume that's in the Cotswolds. Well, it's in England, so there you go. <laughs> you didn't bother finding out where. <laughs> there, Ludford, I did actually. Huh? Okay. <laughs> Wonka's Corner Well, I mean, Ted It's inevitable <laughs> <laughs> We go to a pub, don't we? That has the Sad Bastards Corner Which yeah. is our favourite pub, yeah, the, our, the Stag's Head That's our Christmas tradition Whenever I make it home So Wonka's Corner, yes, Ted I would absolutely live there And is it in New Zealand? It's in the United States of America Wilsonville which is a nice place. <laughs> um, Arlene Fuchs Cats Drive. Arlene Fuchs Cats Drive. Is that yeah. what you said? <laughs> that's what. That's what I said. Arlene Fuchs Cats Drive. No, not Fuchs Cats. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's called. Need... Arlene Fuchs Cats Drive. I don't see it. Um... <laughs> oh, don't get onto uh, that. One, one wouldn't live there, and I presume that's right. also in America. It is New York. Okay. What about uh, Spunk Creek? Eight, I would live there. Um, and I think that's Australia. No, that's also the United States of America. Minnesota. Okay. What about Sandy Balls? Five, I'm on the fence with that one. I'm not bothered. Yeah. New Forest, England, that one. Fucking. How is that spelled? F. U C K I N G. Seven out of ten live there. I'm not. It's it's kind of a boring swear word, isn't it? So is it? Well, Do you not think it's the best swear word? No, I think cunt is. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's a good swear word. It, it's in Austria. There's no specifics as to where about okay. in Austria. Okay. Minge Lane. Yes, 10. 10. <laughs> and then you would live in Minge Lane. That's in England as well. Um, okay. Tits. 10. Yeah, that's in Germany. Um, and the last <laughs> is one. It is Z. T-I-D-Z. <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do Cliff. more than 10? Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. Cliff's droopy ball sack. I live there every day. <laughs> you do. You do. You can't keep your hands off it, can you? <laughs> I wanted to ask you in a semi-regular segment of uh, Brett's bath habits. Um, oh, no. Not that again. <laughs> we've discussed how you, you lather yourself up. Yeah. Um, but what I want to know now is post-bath. Right. Do you use any talcum powder? Um, it, well, sometimes it 
You do. I do sometimes. I, yeah, sometimes I do. I, I, I have athlete's foot, which I don't oh. know where it's come from. Terrible affliction. I, I do have it. Um, so sometimes I, I, I put a little bit of um, talcum powder under my armpits for my athlete's foot. So, <laughs> Just to just to keep it away. Okay. That's so. Yeah. What about you? You like using the talc or any other white powder, Cliff? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> also, the talc thing. I I just wondered. Do you put it on your kids? No, nope, they're too fast. I kind of. Did you get it put on you when you were a kid when you got out of the bath? Do you mean when I was a baby? I, I can't cast my mind back that Well, a day, child? But... A child? No, I, I was never doused in uh, uh, talc, but I was doused in calamine lotion when I had the chicken pox, oh, which is... Chalky yeah. substance. It is doused, chalky I thought substance. you had to swallow it, not that would be doused in it. What, calamine lotion? Yeah. No, you don't drink that, mate. Definitely not. You've turned into Donald Trump now. Right, well... It's been nice talking to you. It's been nice yep. watching Mulholland Drive, a challenging but rewarding watch, I think, in the end. Yep. And even Definitely. if you don't enjoy it that much, there's some tits in it. <laughs> <laughs> there is. A few times. So, uh, yeah, watch it. There will be people who will just think that, though, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Right, yeah, so rewarding, challenging, rewarding watch. David Lynch at his best, probably. I think mm-hmm. um, maybe he's most accessible, even though it's not that accessible. Um, so yeah, anybody who hasn't seen it, recommend it. Uh, and yeah, join us next week when we'll be chatting about the tomorrow people probably, but every time we say what we're going to watch, it never turns out to be that. Uh, it doesn't. So but, uh, who knows? Yeah. But you can uh-huh. chat to us on Twitter. At yeah. The circus pod. Brett's in charge of that. If you're a right wing <laughs> and like a Nazi, and stuff, don't. Well, but apparently, if you're a goth slut, it's fine. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, or on Facebook, fine. where the chat's a bit more wholesome, because all of our parents are on that. So, <laughs> until next time, I'll see you later, Brett, and we'll see you see later. See you later, man. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.